What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Gamers for Life podcast, where each and every Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, discussing all things games, talking that gaming shit. I'm one of your hosts, Jarrell. Arthur is out today, but we got church in session here, church in the building. What's going on, man? Oh, dude, I'm ready to get my summon off, man. And today's <laughs> speech is freedom and democracy. To all. <laughs> so working on the sermon all week. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely going to be talking about uh, basically, basically just two things here in the show. I'll go through my spiel here in a second, but... You know, obviously, it's been a, a, an insane time of the of the year for the gaming industry, which we'll go into. Uh, but then, as far as kind of on the lighter side of the tunnel, when it comes to games that are doing it right, that are engaging players, Helldivers Two is one of them. And Church and I are going to be sharing our experiences with Helldivers, what we like about it. Um, I have some really interesting things to, as far as just kind of what I was thinking about throughout the week, as far as like why I really enjoy Helldivers Two. Um, and uh, that is going to be our show because nothing else really matters this week um, uh, besides those two things. But if you're watching this, hello. Be sure to like and subscribe here on the channel, the YouTube channel. Uh, please do that. G4L Podcast. And to change it up because some motherfuckers had some other gamers for life, whatever, subscriber. But we're the, we're the real ones and we talk about the real oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. Intense Calvos. So be sure to subscribe to the channel. Arthur also does the streams for certain games that he plays. On the same YouTube channel as well, if you prefer the audio version of the podcast, bitch your ass, you're going to be able to listen to it on your application of choice. Uh, so be sure to follow on that application of choice as well. And uh, anything else, Gamers for Life, go to linktree.com forward slash Gamers for Life, the number four life. That is the one-stop link to all things regarding to the show. And here at the Gamers for Life podcast, we read the news while you can watch or listen to what you choose by clicking on the link to the time code within the description of the episode. I'm actually going to do it this time, guys. <laughs> I know I've said this for the past couple episodes. I have not done it because... Sometimes people have things to do, but I will dedicate it going forward here. want to make sure he gets as many folks as possible checking out the podcast, raising those subscription numbers, and uh, or you can just watch the whole thing or listen to the whole thing here at the Gamers for Life podcast. And this week, we've been um, really having freedom as a priority, <laughs> um, defending Super Earth <laughs> in Hell Divers 2. Um, so I want to start with you as far as for your, your thoughts on like just like uh, your experiences in the game us playing, uh, what you like about it, how does it differ from what you've played from previous live service games that you've played? So the the floor is yours. Yeah, um, I'm thoroughly enjoying my time with uh, Helldivers Two and you know bringing democracy to all outside of Super Earth. Um, I think <laughs> it's an open mission. Um, and freedom never looks so good. Um, yeah, just playing the game with you this week, it's just been uh, a lot of refreshing. It, it's kind of scratching that third-person cover itch that we have going on. Um, yeah. And I'm just kind of surprised that it, how well the game is put together and the in-depth of the, the approach to combat in terms of special weapons you can use, where you can really craft your skill in the game. Um Overall, I just, you know, I get this Monster Hunter type of vibe when I play the game. So Monster Hunter, it basically is you pick your loadout as your character, you squad up with either, you know, two, two to three other players, and you get dropped into a zone, and that zone has a time limit of 40 to 50 minutes, and you kind of can explore and get collectibles that can help uh, boost your character, and you can kill monsters in the area. You have your main objectives, and Helldiver look, works similar to that as well. And I, I just, dude, I just love it from choosing your 
loadout to launching down to the planet. Yes. It's just oh, <laughs> that feeling never gets old. Like you, you feel like you're on a mission to democracy. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. And the game is not easy my friends like <laughs> i remember when we were just playing the <laughs> the the regular game and we unlocked the easy difficulty i was like these motherfuckers i'm an og <laughs> gamer i've been gaming since before they were even born right even thought of <laughs> well, here's the easy mode i'm like really <laughs> <laughs> and luckily you know we there is some connection lapse but i've been able to log into the game no problem i never had a servers up at capacity issue um it's been pretty streamlined for me from beginning to end even joining randos and quick play sometimes um and then you just when the foot's on the ground man it's it's just fun dude you you yeah. drop in you you're shooting bugs that seem to never stop and wave after wave and we we've been in the field together where we see the clock ticking we're like right, holy like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running towards the extraction. You're like, you're I need help. Right. And oh my gosh. And just, it's so mechanical. It, it, it feels like what you do in the game is all player input, like understanding, managing your reloads, your ammo capacity, you know, reserves as well. Um, friendly file. Oh my gosh. It's fun in this game. You know, you're precise with your thoughts. You, it just makes you more approach and the intention you have with every move in your game and it's just a lot of fun um and I, i'm thoroughly enjoying it i mean I, I guess we can talk into more topics too but in terms of like the live service aspect it's actually a very friendly um live service approach especially coming off a of suicide squad right now suicide squad you're gonna get that game for 70 dollars right and then they're gonna release a new season and they're gonna ask money for that battle pass that's a lot to do. Like, what are you going to do to incentivize me? Hell divers. There is an entry fee, forty dollars. You know, that you know that that's digestible to me. You know, fifty dollars when I grew up was the game of a PS, the cost of a PS two right, game, right? right. So forty dollars, I'm like that game's on sale. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right. Forty bucks. Oh, I'm in. Yeah. Um, and then when you get in, you know, there is a battle pass, you know, uh, stage. And it seems to be plentiful. It, it looks as just as many items in the paid tiers as in the free. Like there's two battle passes, the free and the paid. Um, I, I don't know if it's just all cosmetics or if there's a pay to win type of thing in the game. I, I don't know if that really comes to play, but you earn the meadows to buy the stuff in the battle pass, which gives you the freedom of choice. So it's not a completely linear path like other battle passes have. You got to go from one to two to three. No, you got different pages. Hey, you got to buy, spend $20 here to unlock the next page, but you can choose out of 10 items, which ones you want to pick. So you got more agency in your choice and play uh, and freedom to pick. And dude, it's, it's cheap because there is a storefront. Um, and this is not to say to spend money in the game, spend money to make money too, but you you can spend $20 in the game, get 2,000 credits, and the most expensive thing I've seen in the store was maybe 300 credits. Oh, really? So, yeah, so like, not only is it like $8 gets you 1,000 credits, it's very friendly in terms of pricing, but even the items you buy in the store is really cheap. And then on top of that, you can earn 
real world currency by just by playing the regular game. So I've spent no money in the game, earned 400 credits, and bought three items from the shop just by picking it up randomly in the in the world we're playing. So it's I think it's a very friendly approach to live service games. If anybody's listening, that's like, fuck it. If you have these microtransactions in then I don't want to play it. Good news. You can spend your $40 and you have a very solid experience where you feel like you're not getting gypped in terms of cool cosmetics, weapons, or honorables at all. So I, I think I highly recommend people playing it. Um, and yeah. That's kind of the difference, yeah. Absolutely. No, I, no, I think you hit on some really good points as far as like the specifics when it comes to like what type of microtransactions, things of that nature. The What I really fuck with about it is just it takes itself very seriously, but it's still very fun. So like... You know, like you were saying, as far as with the drop down, where it, when it drops down into the into the you know the fucking planet that you're doing it, like the music is all pumped. Just yeah, every time it's like fucking do this, you know. And then like the training tip is something stupid. It's like if you don't want to die, be sure to shoot the aliens. That's <laughs> 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 you know, something very rudimentary. I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. Um, so it even like makes fun of itself on that when like different games have like a certain training tip or whatever. But the game is just done so well, I would forget that it's a live service game. And I feel like that is how, to me, I feel like a lot of fucking companies should really pay attention to Hell Divers. Like over four hundred thousand people are playing it on PC. You know, like it's it's people are like the, the I know as far as like outside looking in, people are like, oh shit, like what the fuck is going? Like this is crazy, you know. And the game's forty bucks. And as you mentioned before, it's not super like aggressive when it comes like, oh, you should buy this or buy this, you know? So like every time, and then playing it, the 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 monsters are pretty smart. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the more, the higher the difficulties, like they start jumping at you and shit. And just like, like I, I set a turret, one of those, uh, one of those aliens, they had the, the armor on it and it fucking fucked up my turret. And I was like, motherfucker, right. <laughs> I gotta, gotta wait two minutes before it regenerates. <laughs> Yeah, just the the AI and the enemy variety. And I mean, keep in mind, we've only been fighting bugs. Those like Terminators on the other side of oh, the yeah. galaxy <laughs> that we haven't even fucked with yet. But right. um, you, you'll start to learn. It's just not waves of brain dead, like, quote unquote, zombies. Oh, you start to realize like, okay, this bug is more aggressive. Like, oh, these ones with the yellow wings, they could jump like 60 feet. So take care of them first because you're going to get swarmed as opposed to like there's a rhino bug too. Like it, it's just, it takes it seriously. And mm. it's not just point and shoot and mindless thinking like this constant struggle uh to to win and when you get into a good groove where you like syncing up with your partner reloading correctly doing strikes it's it's good but don't get too cocky because when you get too cocky that's when these motherfuckers come for you bro <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> oh and i i i love and i don't know i don't even know how they thought of this i love that you have to do specific directional button combinations to launch your your machine gun to launch your turret i fucking love that because it creates so much post-traumatic stress and anxiety right. dude it <laughs> like, definitely does because it's like again it's the intention you feel engaged in while doing like mindless tax so like for the team out there, there's like these special drops of new weapons or explosions you can do, like an L strike, and you have to go left, right, down, up. You might do the Konami code, cheat code, at one point in the game. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that's like the ultimate like nuke that you finally get in the game if there is one. 
Um, but it adds drama, especially in the middle of combat. And as opposed to walking to like an area where, you know, like, hey, stand in this circle, right? No, you go into the area, you input the code, you stand in the circle, and then you have to, there's phases of that code. Oh, so in between the file fight, you have to go back to the terminal and do some like, you know, grid mathematics <laughs> at some point. But the uh it's just That's it's hilarious. good. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, man. Yeah, I remember like uh <laughs> I was going to the 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 uh the fucking uh point of the extraction and like all right go and do the code and like when i hit it you can hear your finger hitting the panel like which is kind of cool but then like i'll like mess up the <laughs> the combination like, oh shit uh, uh, hang on <laughs> like, right here, here we go but yeah i i love that i love that i just it just it what it does it does it extremely well i forget it's a live service game you know and yeah it's just a really it's just a well-made game it's fun it's fun, you know what I mean. Like the gra- the graphics are dope. The the sounds are really good. Um, yeah, I just it, it's it, it's I, it's been a long time since I've had that feeling of like, all right, let's play this game. You know, I was mentioning it to you in the chat. I think as far as like how Mass Effect Three multiplayer was like, it shouldn't have, as Arthur likes to say, it it shouldn't have nearly it shouldn't have been this good. You know, <laughs> like it had no business being this good, but like it was like incredibly addicting. You know, very similar to Hell Divers. So when I play this, when I play Hell Divers, I'm just like, yo, like, you mean like massive, like massive like three multiplayer vibes. I'm like, this is so fucking fun, you know. So, yeah. And then you know, we're, this is us been us playing. You know, I'm sure you've played some so, some missions with some other folks or whatever. But like getting a third person, I'm sure that's going to create a whole other dynamic as well. You know what I mean? So uh, I just think it's doing it right. It's doing it right. Um, and you know they have some. They have an additional DLC thing, right? Have you purchased that yet? There's a there's an extra DLC I think available. Yeah, so it's like this. Um, I think you might get some in, um, maybe some cosmetic outfit and some currency, but it's called a stratagem game. So inside your ship, that everybody ships the same, and as you unlock, you know, experiences and currencies, you you, you earn points to buy new weapons. Uh, well new missile attacks, new support items and upgrades to your ship, but which uh, has an impact on like cooldowns or your equipment loadout. Um, but the game com- inside the ship, this is arcade cabinet that's called Stratagem Arcade, which is basically just the codes that you do that you uh, to summon like an airstrike and you just go through rounds of that trying to get a high score. So it's like a it's a cool little feature. It's like a little training to practice your stratagem. So I, I didn't get that. I just I spent the forty dollars, you know, just to see if the game was worth it. And um, yeah, maybe I'll pick it up in the future. But right not not right now. I think it's worth it if you guys want to pick it up. Yeah. One day. Yeah. Um, nice. I think. Uh, yeah, I think to your point where the game doesn't feel like a live service, it's not. It's not pushing you to the shop. There's not like a sh- I mean, the main menu just brings you right into the game. It's gameplay over everything. Um, and I keep going back to Monster Hunter because this has that Monster Hunter vibes where you just you kind of in the hub, which get the load out and which just go fight. Um, and there is microtransactions if you want it. They don't shove it in your face. Um, and I, I think that's nice as opposed to, you know, when you're playing destiny, like, oh, okay, this is the guy that I buy the loot from. Here's the vendor for the health. And oh, here's a special store for like premium currency it has none of those things. It's you and your ship 
and your ship reflects how far you are experience wise in the game in terms of your upgrades um it's really cool man it's refreshing man i just can't get over the fact when i had my heavy machine gun and i see a swarm of bugs in front of me and i'm just holding down the trigger not reloading and then in real life i'm just laughing like this is ridiculous and then my character in the game starts laughing too screaming right You know, I was like, dude, chef's kiss. It was, yeah. it was fantastic. Yeah. And I like that. It's funny because, like, some people might find a hook you and, like, it's saying, like, oh, reloading. Like, it actually helps me because I'm like, okay, he's reloading. Let me cover. You know what I mean? So it's like some of those voice acting things that they add on the characters, it's not, like, super annoying, like, uh, like Mass Effect Andromeda, where it's like every three minutes, like, this person has something stupid to say. I'm like, oh, God damn it, shut up. You know, like, it's very useful. You know, and then it's yeah. funny, too. Like, the you know, shit like that. And it's very satisfying when you do an airstrike and it just fucks yeah. up exactly what you want to knock out. It's like, fuck yeah. Well, <laughs> America! America! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, bro. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's doing it right. I'm very, I'm very curious to see how it's going to be in the future, how they, how they uh, mold it and everything. And, um, obviously it's like the more you level up more shit's going to happen. Uh, curious as far as like the more different terrains type of planets and stuff, but it's, it's doing it right. I'm just very impressed. It's, it's probably the most fun thing I've played so far this year. So, um, the yeah. value, remember the conversation you're having value. That's crazy. Oh. Bad value. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get you. Right. And I think we should support if we want to see more of these games, you know, I do, but we can get into that argument later but in terms a little bit later but you know how we say like the game has good bones like i feel like that's a common phrase that we have for live service you know i said like you know suicide squad i think it has good bones we'll see how they deliver same thing with destiny you know, all these i think this hell divers has more than just good bones it has muscle it has tissue it has a very good foundation not to only add new variants to insect monsters to terminator monsters if they decide to introduce a third fraction in the planet and change everything up i think it it we know what the game would be it's going to be in the future and we just need it to deliver more and more and i i think it has a great foundation i, th- I think it's going to go run the distance it's it's yeah. a lot of fun because it's it's a gameless game it is challenging guys it's not yeah mindless it's it's going to push you you're going to need your squad you're going to die <laughs> that's a guarantee and and you're going to love it because you <laughs> your friends are going to try to bring you back in there's so many moments where we're playing together where i die and you threw the grenade like go josh and then you die i'm like oh no strategy again <laughs> reinforce so it's just it's yeah. it's countless fun yeah. It's hilarious too when you when you're you're going back in and then your pod lands on a monster. You're like, oh fuck yeah! <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but no, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's just the foundation of the game. Like, like how like how is it fun as a game? Before we start asking gamers for money, like they focused on that first. Like, like let's focus on you know, let's focus on the foundations. You know, and it just it nails it nails it for me. So. Gameplay is king, man. Have you seen those videos? I, I wanted to get your thoughts. Well, <laughs> they do a comparison of Metal Gear Solid Five uh, movement to Helldivers Two movement. No, it, no, it looks like the exact same models, bro. Really? The crouching, the shooting, 
to the diving, it looks it's it's mimic solid snake. Oh wow! Even and, the yeah the, the, the you mentioned the diving, and now I'm I'm thinking about yeah I'm thinking about Phantom Pain. That's wild. Yeah. So <laughs> I know you're a Kojima fan and Metal Gear yes. Solid. Maybe that's why there's a secret sauce in this recipe that you love it so much. <laughs> at this point, I'm really solid snake. <laughs> Oh my god, the whole time <laughs> Kojima's flying the <laughs> the extraction the helicopter. Exactly. <laughs> the <jet>. Um <laughs> Yeah, funny. it's just it's a testament that gameplay is king. They didn't bog you down with all overcomplicating the story. You know what it is. It's the fucking freedom. And if you need do you need more it's freedom. Like type of freedom. <laughs> That's all you need. It's yes, democracy. Super Earth, goddammit. <laughs> right. Um, uh, it's a joy, yeah. man. I'm glad you're enjoying the game, too. Uh, man, oh, I, fun. I, I, I can't wait for Arthur for one day to get into it. This is right up his alley. I I, I can tell. Yeah, definitely. And he's going to have to, especially with Space Marine to show up. But <laughs> <laughs> Space Marine, too, I mean. All right. So, um,. The next part of the show here, not as fun and exciting, and obviously, uh, definitely one of those. This has been a really unprecedented time, I think, in games, and sadly, I feel like it's one of those things that kind of predicted slightly here we did on the show. I remember there is a couple of episodes where we were talking about some of these conferences, right? Talking about the PlayStation conference. Um, and there's a couple of live service games I slightly mentioned for, um, for Xbox, but I don't think it was to the multitude of what PlayStation, I feel like half of their, half of their conference back in 2023 was dedicated to live service, even the first game. Cause I remember where you and I, we were doing a prediction. You're like, Hey, what's the first game that they're going to mention? We're like, Oh, Spider-Man two. Like, absolutely like spider-man 2 like that's their biggest ip right now for this year like give people what they want like just throw it at their face spider-man 2 and then it was this a live service game called fair games we're like what the fuck is this <laughs> followed by hell divers 2 followed by hell divers 2 you know which i was like that looks good i don't know what the fuck <laughs> that was but that looks good you know so very interesting in that regard um but you know one of the conversations we had as far as like how that how the uh the conference was you know i know arthur and i specifically were vocally saying you know hey like i i'm i'm a little concerned as far as like oh all these live service games are coming you know as far as like i don't think people want 11 live service games you know what i mean it's like it's not that people don't want any live service game but it's a little concerning as far as their direction especially because they said they spent so much money on live service i remember specifically they spent over a billion dollars or something on live service that was one of their huge targets and um you know there's a lot of different there's a lot of different you know potential you know reasonings for why all of these layoffs are happening the one thing we can one say is that it's it's not normal out of the 30 years of me playing games or 25 years of me playing games. I never experienced anything like this before. Um, and also as far as just the timing of everything and then the specific types of things that have been focused on and the different projects that have been canceled recently. Um, there, there seems to be a slight narrative, um, you know, that's, that's to me is way past COVID, you know, and I know COVID obviously was a factor after 2020, with a lot of games but for these for these recent layoffs i feel like there's also something additional to the pie chart um i wanted to play a video or did you have any thoughts on that before i play this video i mean yeah i mean i have my commentary on the layoffs um 
I mean, I guess just to tackle what you said real quick, and maybe we'll get into a little bit in terms of PlayStation and the live service games. Um, yeah, my opinion about Sony has been this through the years. They're just ambulance chasers in terms of the business practices. I don't think they're managed as well as people think they are. I think they strike gold and they repeat a process and they don't innovate or try anything new until the competitors does it. So I think they're hopping onto the live service train late um and now we're here you know they did bought bungie as a panic buy when they were not really doing that good they had a good luck with you know uh the witch queen when it came out but then you know beyond is it beyond light or whatever the last expansion was um i think you're right i think beyond well i know that's one of them <laughs> yeah. Yeah. there's like a free-to-play model that has light in its title i forget it but it just it shows that like they're just behind the cub on it too. So I'm actually kind of more excited about this new Sony CEO going into it um, and his perspective, because I do think COVID did play a part of it and it sucks. That everybody lost their job, but I also think that there is some bloat uh, going on in Sony um, and maybe in the rest of the industry too. And, but maybe we could talk to it after the clip a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I think, yeah. And then on, uh, if there's anything I agree with you, it's d definitely um, Sony is ambulance chasers. <laughs> it's it's just it's, it's been it's been shown and proved. So I'm yep. gonna play I'm gonna play this video here, Destin, uh, on his channel. Destin, shout out to Destin. He showed this on his channel, and I just wanted to play a little bit of it. I think the first minute or two, I think, kind of sums up the main parts of the video. But interesting, I think, for the conversation. Let me test to see if this works because last time it fucking didn't. So let me double check. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Oh, did I not do this already? Let's see if I did this already. Uh, nope, I'm doing it now, though. All right. Here's Rich. Do you hear that? Did you hear that? Yeah, I can hear it. Okay, all right, let me play this. Joyce, today is a good day for gaming because live services are no longer going to be what we've seen up until now i think we are witnessing a dramatic shift towards the future of how live services work and that is off the back of suicide squad kill the justice league skull and bones and helldivers 2. the catastrophe the disasters that have been suicide squad and skull and bones these three games are going to send a message to other developers to publishers that Live service games need to change. They need to function a little bit differently if you intend for them to not crash and burn this hard. And if you want them to be successful like Helldivers 2, not only do you need to make a great game, but you need to be very careful with how you implement those live service features and that monetization. And in my humble opinion, this is going to lead us into a new era of live service games that will still exist, but will not resemble the monstrosities that we've had to deal with until now. Let me stop there. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I think I kind of agree with his opinion where it's going. Um, I mm -hmm. don't think live service games are ever going away. They mm -hmm. would just change, right? Yeah. I think gamers have gotten savvy to what the value of a live service games is to them and what they're willing to pay. And all it is for these developers is to adjust the ball from $20 to $10, from $10 to $5. They're just going to make it cheaper. 
and their projections on the quarterly earnings with the shareholders, yeah, there's going to take a dip, but then they'll be more realistic because more gamers are buying stuff. I think they're here to stay. I don't. They're not going anywhere. They may. I think they will. They, there will be a cost of entry to get into the game, similar to Helldivers, maybe a cheaper, you know, money to come in, but. For them to completely go away completely? No, I, I don't. Those are my thoughts right now. What about you? Yeah, I don't think live service is going to go away. I think live service is going to stay. But I think, I think a lot of these layoffs contribute to the impact of what happens when you have these studios that pump money into live service. But I feel like when it is a notion of where they're not really not really listening to the customer and what they want they're kind of adapting models that they've seen before and hiring these studios to make these live service titles and they're not really focusing on the the meat the the bones right the the bones of every of the fundamentals of the actual game uh and and i think it's it's becoming a bigger loss a bigger loss in a wave and a shift uh, much harder than they ever expected. You know, do, do I think that these CEOs expected, I mean, as far as the, I mean, in January alone, right, it, it was 60% of the layoffs compared to the year before that. And I we're probably at three plus times at this point. Um, but it's unequivocal. To me, it's unequivocal to say that live service, as far as the people that have done it poorly, of it not of it being not being a factor of the, these layoffs. Even for Sony alone, right? We had the we had the Last of Us multiplayer supposed to be available, supposed to come out. We we're waiting for for many years, didn't come out. There was also supposed to be a Twisted Metal live service game. We just heard about, we just figured out more information about that. Supposed to be another live service, didn't come out. You know, obviously, I think it's going to be another contribution. Reasoning, and then I didn't think that sucks too. Is that I feel like people are getting laid off just being cut from various departments. For example, Insomniac Games, there should be no reason why anybody was laid off from there, but people were laid off from there, especially when they released to me one of the biggest selling games of last year, which is Spider Man 2. That sold very well, you know what I mean? And they did a really good job on the game. Like, obviously, it wasn't perfect, there were some bugs and whatnot. Did it do things that were you know amazing or whatever like you know like it wasn't like in a, a super a super title if you will but for most people that i talked to that played the game they enjoyed the experience and it was a top tier sony experience so at this point you know they're just they're just cutting their losses with all of these titles you know um for the sake of you know, just kind of saving the shareholders or whatever, or just maintaining the shareholders and the value of the companies. Even even discussing um, the Star Wars first person shooter. Oh, hold on, you said a lot, and I have I have my thoughts because <laughs> I oh, do please. disagree with you, Jure. <laughs> These so, are facts. How are you disagreeing I, with facts? <laughs> I'm gonna introduce new facts. I mean, I okay. think there is a bubble with live service, right? With mm. the unreal expectations, sometimes of revenue that mm. we all know is gonna pop eventually. Like you're doing projections based off of quote unquote the expectation of people spending money, and I think that is going to change, right? With without without a doubt. Um, Going to your point in terms of like, we go back to Spider-Man 2. Um, this is where I feel like some of the layoffs may be, uh, justify is not the right word, but that's a $300 million game. When the first game was closer to $150 million, right? So not only did they double the budget for Spider-Man 2, they, they at the minimum 
you increase the budget, they have to sell nine to ten million dollar, nine to ten million copies of the game to break even, right? And uh, you know, and they did. They they broke even, but then you look at the margins. How successful is this game? I I think it goes down to the point where some of these studios have bloat. They're hiring too many people. Right, and this is the, what the CEO of PlayStation has, and say, "Yo, we you recklessly spending on stuff. We got to cut, you know, the the bloat and trim the fat." And unfortunately, um, I I don't know who lost the job. I can only imagine that some of these studios have management positions that are not needed. Like you need the designer, right? You need the guy that codes that's building the fucking game. How, do you need four or five managers overseeing this one de department that he has nothing to do with the product, but he's making 300K a year as opposed to the guy who's coding it only making 100K a year? You know, get rid of the bloat, you know, the, the, the fat, right? Because the truth is the games have not graphically have for cons a consumer perspe perspective. We've talked about this all the time. Arkham Knight looks amazing, right? The games are not improving dramatically, and there hasn't been any insane gameplay feature that's been really introduced in the last 10 to 15 years. The games are kind of the same. So the, the quality of the games are going down, but the costs are rising. And I get inflation, but I think some of these studios are too bloated to begin with. And I think that's why Sony's going around trimming the fat. There's... Spider-Man, it spent too much money making that game, dude. $300 million? If you don't cut that off soon, a game is going to cost five to six million, five to $600 million to make. There's no way they're going to break even on that, bro. Like, you're going to raise the price from $70 to $80 a game? Mm -hmm. Like, nah, you, we got to, we got to, we got to reel back in. And I, I think that's why they're having meetings about this. Well, what are your mm -hmm. thoughts, man? I mean, I think the, I think you do have a point as far as for their, their budget is, their budget is ridiculous. I would say it is conjecture, though, that assuming that there's many managers and the reasons why there was too much, I think. But the the fact that the the budget of some of these of a lot of these studios is, you know, ridiculous. You know, way too much. Spend, you know, and, and what what are we actually spending? I think is a valid point. Um, you just, know, uh, so I was just I'm just saying the changes from Spider Man. One to two is not that drastic. They did improve the game, but like, what what are we what are we doing? But go go ahead. Go I was ahead. Gonna I was mentioning too because of because of uh, speaking with your uh, if we're talking about budget. You know, live service fucked that up too. You know what I mean? I was telling you too that as far as like it was like a ten billion dollar loss based on what they were projecting from a live service perspective, um, and 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 missing that. You know, and part that of was PS five sales. That's why. You're talking about Sony's 10 million, 10 billion drop in stock. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's, you know, the, I, I just, whoever, whoever projected that is a moron. You know what I mean? And, and, and I think it's, it's even, it pisses me off more that other people's jobs have to be far because of, because some asshole didn't carry the one. You know what I mean? Like it's, I just, you know, and obviously I'm 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 being slightly facetious, but uh, it, but in, in actuality, like it's 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 ridiculous that we're we're, we're gonna have we're gonna mismanage a bunch of we're gonna mismanage this, you know, and, and have these projections based on a curve of 
you know, of live of live service or microtransactions or whatever the case may be, and uh, this hitting the result of oh, we gotta lay off all of these people, we gotta have all these projects moved, you know. And I think to me, what I would like to see going forward, I just feel like they're not. I I feel like they're not really listening to what people want. Like I feel like there's a reason why people play Black Flag, and it was like two hundred percent. Like as far as like how many people have played Black Flag versus Skull and Bones being a quadruple A you know uh title and then pumping a bunch of money into that just because they can't you know and no one really fucking playing it i'm just like no are people really paying attention to what gamers what gamers want do do, do, do people think that it's not going to be as profitable like we still don't know what's going on with gears war 6 we still don't know what's going on with with just with any other title that is going to be just as incredibly engaging for someone to buy in because here's my here's my thought church i know we we had a conversation prior which i thought was very interesting where you know you were mentioning you know uh, people aren't spending enough money to support certain titles so we can get the games that we want you know if people don't spend money on these games and 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 mark and, and let me know if i'm misquoting you but as far as like if people aren't spending enough money in these games as, uh, and not supporting the titles like that isn't that doesn't help. Am I am I correct in saying? Yeah, yeah there's a little was? bit nuanced. I'll just my position uh, for the view uh, listeners and the viewers is that um, the industry is in a place where people that love live service games are supporting those type of games. It's, a, it's an influx of cash, and th- there's a whole mantra of vote for your wallet, which I do agree. Don't buy games you don't want to buy, but you have to buy games. Just buying, quote-unquote, the game of the year contender like a Dragon's Dogma is not enough. If you like single-player narrative experiences, you can't wait for the next Baldur's Gate 4 to come out. You have to participate in the market so the companies can see that there is value to these type of games as opposed to one out of 20 games that come out, right? Because, yeah, Baldur's Gate sells millions of copies, but there's... 15 other games behind it that doesn't go so well that like, well, what is the likelihood of the return on this? That that was kind of my perspective. Right. And I, I think, I think where I disagreed with you on was, you know, for, for, for Baldur's Gate, we didn't know it was going to be a game of the year. No one knew that. Right. Like the, the like the game, the Baldur's Gate is a very specific, unique situation where they that thing was in beta testing for over a year on pc they really milked up that game they had it set up in a way that it just it worked incredibly well they started to roll it out and people got caught wind of it and then they even released the fucking 360 uh the series uh snx version before the end of the year like no one even knew that was going to be a game of the year contender past starfield until last minute so i would argue as far as you know, when it comes to people spending money on games, this is the beauty of the gamer of the, the the gamer customer, right? The gamers are some of the best marketers and salesmen out of any other type of customer. If you have a game that's good, the company doesn't even like the company can obviously do their marketing, but the gamer will do the marketing for them in the chat. Yo, you guys got to get this game X, Y, and Z. This, this, this. You know, hey, you got to get this game. You know what I mean? Like the we will the the word of mouth the power word of mouth from a gaming perspective or from a gamer is incredibly powerful you know that's why we get those elden rings where it's like oh wow elden ring did it really well like once again we didn't know that was going to be a game of the year until we saw the numbers until we saw people that they did word of mouth and they talked about it and they mentioned it <laughs> you wow, know bro, yeah. bro you <laughs> hold on dog that's that's, cat, that's a fact <laughs> your, 
we knew Elden Ring was going to be a hit because it's from from software, bro. They haven't missed like the record of game of the years from each of the entries <laughs> since but Bloodborne. El- every but- time has been game of the year contender. But we our knew, we were getting something magical, and and I hear what you're saying, and but Baldur's Gate three is not a good game. It's amazing game, and I'm talking about you need to support good games. Seven out of tens, you know. We can support the ten out of the ten game, right? Because the, the fucking amazing game was like you said, oh, amazing salespeople. And this is why I, I differ from you. It's it's the games that maybe are not so hot, right? That may it could be an indie game, right? Um, but who's going out to buy in those indie games? The games like Tunic that I like, I would love to see a sequel to, right? Um, I mean, I have I love what Baldur's Gate three has been doing i bought the game i haven't played it yet but I, i'm supporting the studio because i want to see more of it and i just I, I i think i hear a lot of internet banter and some friend and some friend groups i have that it's vote for you wallet but i'm like yeah but you have to spend money too right because the live service aspect they're, they're dumping bunch of money over here bro you got to compete with that a little bit you know and i'm not not saying live outside your means but you gotta buy maybe more than one or two game a year if possible well, let me respond let me respond ahead, to your buy ahead. more let me respond to your buy more games because i didn't respond to that this is where i disagree agree with you on because we can't forget that this is a competitive market this is a capitalist society, a competitive market. Not everyone has the means to buy a bunch of 7 out of 10 games and buy 10 out of 10 games. This is a competitive market. You have to show and prove. Advertise to me how this is going to be a game that I will spend money on. Like, this is the reality of the situation as far as the the market is going to be much more difficult to stay in and to be a, and to, to make something that's, that differs from, you know, that differs from uh, the, the next game. You know, why would I... I could spend I could spend money on on three seven out of ten games and get a couple of hours of experience and then kind of and then just not play the game or I could or some you have people that they they see a game and say hey that game I really want and they wait to buy it and they're a satisfied customer now I'm not saying as far as how that's healthy for the market but I can understand from a customer perspective this is a competitive market bro like yes there's other options but the this is where i have that value conversation give me value in which i would even want to consider that you know and shit's tough yeah some some companies can't do it you know what i mean but it's as far as for as far as for you know the the industry in general you have to show and prove hell diver showed and prove for me and I, I had no intention of buying that game no fucking intention and that was even after the that was even after the trailer that I said oh that looks pretty good you know, but I didn't think about fucking buying it. But then the more I heard about it, and then you were talking about it, and then seeing the reviews of it, and then seeing, oh, it's forty dollars. You know what I mean? Like, like even even the change of it being forty dollars, I'm like, I could do forty dollars. It's the beginning of the year. Nothing's really out. I could do that. Like that. We we have to put we have to put accountability on companies too. We can't just blame the customer. We had to put accountability on companies on how they on, on how they release their games. You know, I just feel like that needs to be more of a conversation and really listening to gamers too. I feel like companies think they have all the data, you know, but they don't they don't apply it within the means of what gamers actually want at the moment. You know what I mean? So I I think as far as spending money on games, 
I think this is a good opportunity for indie, I think, as well. There's a lot of great indie titles that um and a lot of people that are creating different studios you know departing from studios making you know forming studios making games that people want um i think this is a good opportunity where people need to pay attention to look at indie you know if we're, if we're talking about spending money i'd rather spend money on an indie game than a seven out of ten million dollar project game in my in my opinion like like dave like like the dave the diver you know those games you know and then uh, tunic I, I did i did buy i think i well, it was on Game Pass, <laughs> but, but that was a game of the year contender. Did you buy it, bro? It was a game of the year That was on Xbox. Who's the whose fault is that? <laughs> but um, but yeah. So I, I understand what you're saying as far as you know, people need to spend more money, but you know, to flip it, customers need uh, uh, these companies need to be more accountable, and they need to market their fucking game better, and they need to present value in a better fashion you know and i just think live sir I, I think a lot of these companies got greedy they got greedy they tried to they tried to like you said ambulance i think i think the industry ambulance chase and now the people that worked on these games are suffering from it and i think that's really unfortunate you know i i so i think for what i would like to see in the future just in my and for my opinion is just you know let's really let's stop these 300 million dollar budget for a sequel of a game that we're still in new york city like i agree with you on that that's ridiculous right um you know obviously we don't know as far as what where else the money was if it was just hiring additional people that we didn't necessarily need but as far as just the notion of of budgeting like yeah let's pay attention to that so i do agree with you as well as far as to Tokyo, like hey let's fucking look at this shit and see what needs to be done you know and and it sucks that he had to be the one to see as far as the 900 employee layoff you know but um i think paying a closer eye and then going back to pc you know i think is a smart move i laugh because the first they did that and they reneged um and now they're focusing on it again because hello is two is four hundred thousand people were playing um <laughs> i think that's good um let me ask you this i think this is a good opportunity too where we're gonna see more games where it'll be on more platforms than normal so like obviously we have exclusivity but i think because of where the state of the gaming industry is at i feel like we're gonna see a lot less than that and we're gonna see a lot less than that you know so like obviously the, we have the five games that went off you know um some people freaked out about that we're like i'm gonna sell my system i'm like okay you're crazy <laughs> i was like why are you selling your system over five little games because they've been lied to as they should <laughs> as i guess yeah <laughs> but um but as far as like uh as far as for like seeing more cr more crossplay more crossplay seeing uh where you have certain titles that are going to be available uh that are slightly bigger titles you know i think one of the, a lot of people are, are a lot of people are pissed off about final fantasy uh, rebirth not available on xbox when it came out a lot Rebuilding of people remake yeah go ahead yeah yeah a lot yeah yeah a lot of people are fucking pissed off about it um i was hearing a lot of grumbles and i was listening to kind of funny and you know it's i just feel like the the, the if we're gonna talk about gamers you know spending more money okay well let's have it available for more platforms that's one way where people can spend more money you know what i mean um 
I think we're going to see more. I think we're going to see more of that, more availability, less, you know, and then just different type of exclusivity deals versus like waiting a year and pushing it over. I don't think the industry has enough time to wait like they used to. You know? Yeah, and you you touched on a lot of things, and I, I kind of just want to jump in here a little bit. Um, in terms of it's your point about it being a competitive market and needs to grab your attention, I think I agree with that, but it's also competitive with live service games because somebody like EA is going to look at the earnings of a Jedi Fallen Order to the live service games, whether it be like a Apex Legends and see where do they want to put the investment in a live service game always has the potential to have revenue for the next year or two, as opposed to, you know, a single player experience that doesn't have any money. It it sells, it sells what it sells in the first three months. Right. And maybe you pick up stuff on the back end and Xbox pays you money for game pass. Um, it's, I think, and that's why I encourage people to buy the games they want to, um, in terms of your, to your point in terms of, do I think, we're going to see more crossplay in the future. Yeah, definitely. I think PlayStation's heading that route too. The ambulance chase, so they're going to follow, just like Xbox is doing. Um, I think what Xbox is doing is kind of shady—not shady, but just disappointing. Um, sorry, man, Can you talk of... about that a little bit? Because uh, a lot of people had some, you know. I know you weren't here in that episode when we were talking about that. For yeah. Yeah. So my thing is that you know, just Xbox is just blatantly you know, lied about what they want to do in terms of uh, when they procured uh, Bethesda. We want more games for Xbox players, exclusive games. And if you're lying to yourself, if you think these four games are just going to be one and done, this is the test of water and why not? They're trying to expand their business portfolio in terms of revenue coming in, to, whether it be through buying software or subscriptions to game pass and then at that point it's like well we expanded it to other parties what's next add more games and then you want to maximize profit which is day and day release because a game that released the same day on all platforms has the potential to earn more money um and it, there's not a reason for them not to do it right i don't think it's a bad business case for them to do it it's just one of those things like you shouldn't trust what xbox says um, they wouldn't even name the four games, right? Because they had contract deals with Nintendo to announce it in the direct next couple of weeks. So they care more about the partnerships and loyalty to the business partners than the truth of what they told the consumers. I don't think it's a bad move for Xbox. I, I ultimately think that, hey, you really got to sell me an idea of buying the next hardware system from you. Like, why would I do it if it's going to come to PlayStation or PC? You don't have a killer app for I to need a day and date for me. So, you know, like PlayStation does, I'll just get the PS6. And just wait when your games come over here for $20. I'll, I'll be fine. Um, do you think Game Pass is losing its value? As far nah, as like people really fucking with it, or no, nah, I think Game Pass is amazing. I don't yeah. think it's losing any value. It's just yeah. that business are always are trying to uh, grow. Yeah, and yeah, we're making four hundred dollars every month, right? Like they have thirty million subscribers, right? So at the lowest tier, that's ten million dollars. That's three hundred millions. That's two twelve Spider Man two games a year. I don't think Game Pass is losing value to the consumers. I think it's only going to grow. Um, I think the overhead gets cheaper the longer that system exists. I I think the cost the cost for game game pass 
is the most expensive at the beginning. When you need to fill your platform for it. Um, when you put a game onto Game Pass, you have a period of performance from start date to the end of the contract. So you have projections of every game on Game Pass ending. So if you have like a Japanese RPG, like a Persona 3 Reload, that you have a contract for the next year and a half, you know that when that contract ends, that you need to get another game similar to fill, fill its place. Do you get... And so you spend the money on that. So it, I think you have a projection how much upkeep that you may have to spend in a six-month to a 12-month period, which exponentially goes down. So I think it's making Xbox tons of money. It's just I think it stagnates in terms of growing growth. But I don't think they're ever going to get rid of it. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think the oh, – just to, just to, just to uh, jump in really quick. I think the one annoyance that I had with Xbox was – because, you know, they announced their layoffs, right? Their portion of layoffs that they did. Um, my annoyance was before that, I don't know if you remember this story, but they were first going to take away Game Pass as far as it being a benefit for the employees. So if you worked at Xbox, you got Game Pass for free. Uh, they were going to take that away. And then Phil uh, sent an email or stepped in and said, no, 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 we're going to keep Game Pass. And then they laid people off like 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 weeks after. And I was doing the math on that, and it was like $35 million a year as far as like how much Game Pass for how many employees were there. And I'm like, bro, how many employees would have been able to stay if you just fucking canceled their Game Pass versus laying off those other employees? So I was just like, mm but you know of course it's 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 conjecture but just looking at the numbers and how many people were laid off it's like okay how much mismanagement happened here you know so just kind of thinking about that yeah um i definitely i just want to i just want to tie it up in my last concerns in terms of xbox xbox's business uh strategy change my only concern really is that i don't know if i'm gonna buy your next hardware and how much a playstation 6 is gonna cost i really the only way it affects me as a consumer is that hey, in this console space that we're in, your competitor has devalued the hardware. Of course, they came on to the meeting and said, we got new hardware coming out this year. And they're not going to say they're going to get out of the console. They always spent the money. They need to sell it to you guys. Like, pay attention. Like, but why do you need it is the question. My concern is, my, is my PS6 going to cost $800 now? I think Sony's going to jack up the price, do more of a Nintendo thing where they actually make there's a profit margin on the console sales as opposed to them losing it a little bit. Ooh. And then going back to Nintendo in terms of what you're saying about in terms of like, can we afford $300 million projects anymore? No, we can't. Um, I love the Nintendo approach to the software games. They don't make a sequel unless they have a new gameplay mechanic. Yes, Mario always jump, always jumps, right? Every single game. But take Mario Odyssey. They fucking like, hey, we're going to throw a hat into that bitch. And that hat fundamentally changes level design gameplay throughout the entire game. And that's why they make a sequel. Not just for a sequel's sake. So I'd rather games make a great game like a Spider-Man 2. Looks fantastic. It's nothing wrong with it. If you can't think of a new gameplay mechanic, fuck Spider-Man 3. Just add a DLC expansion to it. You know, reuse the asset. It's going to cost cheaper. Keep the same re employee retention that made the first game and just continue providing services to that game. Expand that story, you know, and, and just keep it pushing. 
um, I, I think it would save companies money in the long end, uh, in the long run, to be honest. I, th so. I think those are good. Those are, uh, I think those are definitely, um, definitely good ideas. It's funny. I was going to say Nintendo is kind of like the in and out of games. You know what I mean? It's just like the Slim Pickens menu, but that menu always always has people around the corner. You know, store managers yes. that in and out make a hundred thousand a year. Like it's just like this model works. It's the same shit, but y'all keep buying the same shit. <laughs> you know, bro. They made the ultimate cart racer game, <laughs> Mario Kart Eight, bro. <laughs> It's it's it has sold. I think it's one of the best selling games after GTA Five, bro. Yeah, um, and for ten years, bro. It's crazy, crazy. Yeah, oh, insane. lastly, too, I forgot to ask you. I I had asked you the last episode, but we never got to it. What are four games that you would like for Xbox to give away uh, or or to to have available for other platforms? <laughs> for the uh, platforms, oh, damn. damn, I wouldn't like them to have anything because I'm selfish. <laughs> um. So I think Sea of Thieves will thrive. I think that's a common one that I think everybody wants. Um, what game do I want Xbox to give to other companies? Um, shit. Um, okay, Sea of Thieves. I'll do. <laughs> I'll do uh, Halo Infinite as well. Okay. Yeah. Just I think. I think that game, it's a bad look for Xbox if they do it, but who fucking cares about Master Chief? <laughs> yeah. Right? I, you need to put that shit on other platforms so people care about that fucking IP again, because right now it's terrible. So, yeah, see if the uh, Master Chief, um, uh, Fable 2, and. Um, mm. Mm. What the new it? Fable? You're not saying like the sequel? Yeah, Fable the new. Yeah. Oh. The new <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. yeah. The last game I want them to have would be, um, uh, I th shit. I think they're giving them a high fi rush already. So yeah, um, um, fuck. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't have a fourth one. I'm gonna have yeah. to go with Perfect uh, Dark. Nah, nah we're gonna keep that. We're gonna keep that. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a fourth one right now. So okay. So. Right on. Right on. Interesting. Interesting interesting stuff man um yeah any any lasting thoughts here it's okay if this is a shorter episode there's not much going on this week besides the main thing so um yeah i mean i i think overall just to put a cap on it i think uh live service is here to stay i think it sucks that everybody has to get laid off i think there's a lot of bloat going on and unfortunately the people making it has to suffer for it um but i think as bad as it is today, maybe this will reset the expectations in terms of earnings within these companies. Like, hey, we can't expect these huge, you know, uh, infinite gross uh, growth when it comes to these service games. Because that's not possible. Gamers are not happy with it. We'll more consider it with our time. Um, and we want to do other things besides this game all day. Um, and, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Most definitely we will. Uh, and I think it's going to wrap up, wrap it up here for this episode here for the Game Industry Life podcast. Uh, each and every Friday, slash Saturday, slash Sunday, discussing all things games, talking that gaming shit. Of course, Church, like, thank you for uh, being the main co-host of this episode today. Thanks. Yeah, it's always fun to be here, man. <laughs> Right on. We'll have to defend Super Earth here very shortly. Uh, but <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys next time.